the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a message series called Something Beautiful for God, discussing what the Bible says about humanity, sexuality, marriage, and procreation. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. Today we're going to be talking about the image of God. The Christian teaching about the image of God is something that has had a much bigger impact on our present society and on your own conception of what personhood means, what identity means, about my own conception about what personhood or identity means than we could possibly imagine. The Christian teaching of the image of God has been utterly revolutionary. It's been revolutionary to the point where some of the fundamental truths about what it means to be created in the image of God, which would have been laughable at the time in the the Greco-Roman world when they sprung onto the scene, are now fundamental assumptions that we have about life and about humanity. So that's what we're going to be talking about right now. Because you and I need to think through what it means to be made in God's image. Because when we have an active notion about what it means to be created in God's image, operative in our lives, it can change the way that we think about ourselves. It will change the way we think about others. It may even change the way we feel about ourselves and change the way that we interact with other people. And so we're going to be taking a look at um, Genesis 1, 26 and 27 in particular, but then also Genesis 2, verse 7, and Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. Let me read to you from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 uh, through 27. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's also take a look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Just one verse. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Then let's also take a look at the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, which also talks about the image of God. 
Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read starting at verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So I remember one time being driven back home from cadets or maybe actually it was basketball practice. Both would take place in the gym. I, it, was, it was one or the other. I was riding in the car with my best friend in fifth grade, Aaron Bach, and his dad had picked us up, was dropping me off at my home, and I remember that he decided to ask us a very, uh, a very interesting question as soon as we piled into the car and as soon as he started heading on our way back to my home. He asked us this question. I have no idea what, uh, what drove Mr. Bach to ask this question. He said, how do we know that God doesn't look like a dog? This is a very difficult question for fifth grade Derek. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And Aaron and I, my best friend and I, started discussing it. You know, we realized that the ancients thought that God could look like an animal, when the people of Israel had been brought out of Egypt and when they were in the wilderness, when, when Aaron made a, a golden calf, this wasn't intended to be a, an image of a false deity. He said, this is your God that brought you out of Egypt. He was trying to create an image of the Lord who had brought them out of Egypt. When he was reaching for an image, he reached for a golden calf to try to describe God. And so I thought, man, how do we know that God doesn't look like a dog. And then, in a flash, it came to me. We know that God doesn't look like a, God, uh, like a dog, I said, because humans were created in the image of God. That's why we know that God doesn't look like a dog, because humans were created in his image, not dogs. So was I right? Was my fifth grade self right? Well, I asked Mr. Bach, and he did not tell me, and the car ride was over, and I had to get out of the car, and I went into my house and had a hard time sleeping that night as I thought, does God look like a dog or like a human? I thought I had the right answer, though, so I was pretty satisfied. I eventually went to sleep, but like that conversation had kind of echoed through my mind over the, the next several years until I realized, wait a second, God doesn't look like me. It doesn't... It doesn't I'm not created in the image of God because I look like God. And that's what the scriptures would tell us. Because God doesn't look like anything. God doesn't look like a dog, but he doesn't look like a person either. Why? Because God is a spirit. He doesn't look like anything because he is not physical. The book of Deuteronomy makes a big deal about this. Let me read to you from a section of Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4 says this. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sounds of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice, 
And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules that you might do them in the land you're going over to possess. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. Since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire, beware lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourself in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that's on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that's in the water under the earth, and beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you may be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to the people under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance as you are this day. So, Being created in the image of God has nothing to do with how you look. You can't look more or less like God. You can't have his physical features because God has no physical features. Jesus, of course, the God-man had and has physical features, but the Father has no physical features. So what does it mean then to be created in the image of God? What does it mean then to be created in the image of God? If it has nothing to do with our appearance, what does it mean that we were made in the image of God? Well, this is what was being discussed in seminary. When I was in seminary with a group of friends, and one of my friends said that he had a pretty good idea of what it meant to be made in the image of God. There were a group, a group of, you know, of seminary students together, and and one said, you know, I think, that, I think that what it means to be created in the image of God is that it means that we have the capacity to reason and to think, that we have an intellectual capability. Being made in the image of God, he said, means that we're rational and intelligent beings. And another one of my friends got upset when he said that quite agitated, actually. And she said, no, that can't be what it means. No. And she went on. Any understanding of the image of God, she said, must take into consideration people who have mental disabilities. You see, she had a brother who was mentally disabled. And if being created in the image of God meant the ability to reason, well, then her brother wasn't created in the image of God like those who were sitting around sharing deep conversation. And I'll never forget her passion and intensity because it was a biblical one. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Well, the scriptures are always the best place to look, right? We just read from Ephesians chapter 4. Let me read to you from verses 23 and 24 of Ephesians chapter 4 again. Note these words and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to, be, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Being created in the image of God means that we are created to be like him in righteousness and holiness. Being created in the image of God means that we are created with the ability to live in righteousness 
and holiness. The Belgic Confession makes this clear, and the Heidelberg Catechism does as well. Let me read to you from Heidelberg Catechism, question and answer six, which gives to us this substance. Did God then create man so wicked and perverse? No. On the contrary, God created man good and in his image, that is, in true righteousness and holiness, so that he might rightly know God, his creator, heartily love him, and live with him in eternal blessedness to praise and glorify him. The fact that you were created in the image of God has nothing to do with physical or intellectual capacity. It has nothing to do with how it is that you look. Being created in the image of God means that you are created with the capacity for righteousness and holiness. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook. Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now more from Pastor Derek in our series called Something Beautiful for God, discussing humanity, sexuality, marriage, and procreation. In true righteousness and holiness. And if you think about it, This really does separate us from other parts of God's creation, most specifically animals. Because some animals can and do reason. They have intellect, but animals have no capacity for righteousness or holiness. Only humans do. Only humans have the capacity for righteousness and holiness. My family had a dog once for four days. We named the dog Nico. And after four days, it became very clear painfully clear that we were not a dog family. The reason was Nico, being a little puppy, was not house trained. But when my parents bought it, I think that they just assumed that puppies, you know, sort of came house trained. And so after the, you know, 20th time that Nico had pooped on the carpet, my dad started to lose his mind. He started to yell at this little tiny puppy. And he said, you never do that ever again. If I catch you ever doing that again, I'm going to lose it. My sister talked to me and she said, I feel like I have to hold the family together. I was away at college and she was experiencing the breakdown of this family as, as Nico ruptured the bonds between parents and children. It made no sense that my dad was issuing moral commands to the dog, Nico. Dogs don't have the capacity for moral improvement. And by demanding it, my dad was expecting too much from a dog. You know, dogs can be trained, but they can't grow in holiness or righteousness. You see, Nico was not made in the image of God. You can't say to a dog that was sinful behavior. You need to repent of that and ask for forgiveness. For a dog pooping in the house when your owners have made a rule against pooping in the house isn't immoral because dogs don't have capacity for righteousness or holiness. Only people do. And being made in the image of God means that you have something that no other part of creation has. The capacity for righteousness and holiness. The ability to be moral. This truth was revolutionary when it sprung into the world at the time of the advent of the church in the Greco-Roman world. 
The fact that personhood derives from being made in the image of God is something that was utterly revolutionary, even perhaps laughable. The fact that every human being was given by God his image, was made and fashioned in his image, was totally contrary to the understanding of the world. At this time of the early church, you only had personhood if you were a physically and mentally capable adult who was also a citizen. Author Tom Holland, again, this is author and historian, not Spider-Man actor, Tom Holland, Tom Holland, the author and historian, wrote a book that came out this last week about Jesus. He noted in it that it was laughable to Greek and Roman culture that Christians said that everyone was of equal dignity regardless of your wealth, or if you were a man, or a woman, or a slave, or free. He notes that the fact that each person had a distinct identity made in the image of God was something that had not been believed in Roman society before this point, and it turned society on its head. He also notes that each person, the fact that Christians believe that each person had a distinct identity made in the image of God, and that sex must be consensual was a striking reversal. Those in the Roman culture who did not have have personhood had no right to refuse anything from a human citizen of Rome who was determined to have personhood. Pastor Jeremy Meeks, who is uh, working on his dissertation in the area of ethics, notes that at the time that the church emerged onto the scene, slaves were treated like robots. And the people who owned slaves were considered to have personhood, but those who were slaves had none. And therefore, their owners could do literally anything they wanted to them at any time. Because only if you were a certain kind of person did you actually have personhood at the time of the Roman Empire. Now, we live in a culture that has been upended by this. And even as I talk about this, it may be that you hear this and you think that that sounds very weird or very foreign, and it just speaks to the utterly revolutionary character of what it is that the scripture teaches about the image of God. Because so entirely has it changed our thinking on this matter that it's difficult to even conceive of a society where certain individuals had personhood and certain individuals did not have personhood. And so to anyone who is watching today who isn't a Christian, who thinks that we can just do away with Christianity and simply be fine, please understand that one of the core assumptions, one of the good assumptions of secular liberalism today comes from Genesis chapter 1, that every human being has value. That's not something that comes from the laws of nature apart from God. It doesn't arise out of notions of survival of the fittest. It isn't discernible from the scientific method. It is a basic philosophical assumption that arises from a deep and fundamental truth of the universe that we were created by God and made in the image of God and therefore every single human being is of equal dignity and worth. It doesn't matter what amount of wealth you have or ability you have. It doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman. 
It doesn't mean if you are, it doesn't matter if you are an adult or a child. It does not matter what color of skin you have. Every single human being bears the image of God and therefore has equal and fundamental dignity. And therefore, each person, regardless of their background or their culture or their level of ability or disability or any other such thing, each person, each person should be treated with the same amount of dignity and respect. The fact that you were created in the image of God should change your life. It should be important in a whole host of different ways. And I want to spend the rest of the sermon talking about why it is that this teaching about the image of God is important. I've got a few different reasons for us that I want to discuss about why it's important that we are created in the image of God. Here's the first one. Being created in the image of God means two things at the same time. It means that you're both not that big of a deal and of incredible worth. So this should guard against pride and self-loathing. If you're a human being, you're unique from the rest of God's creation, and God's creation is incredible. It's amazing. A couple years ago, Aubrey and I, and at certain points with my parents, we watched the, uh, we watched the Planet Earth Part 2. It's an incredible nature documentary. It's awe-inducing. I'd recommend that you watch it when you get home if, I don't know, if you're okay with that sort of stuff. Aubrey didn't like certain parts, you know, where certain animals would eat other animals. So if you're not okay with animals eating animals, avoid this documentary. If you're okay with it, watch it because it is striking. It's gorgeous and it's beautiful. If nothing else, watch the trailer, Planet Earth Part 2. I remember I wanted for us to watch it as a family because I got goosebumps as I watched the trailer, as I watched the majesty of lions and tigers pouncing on prey or a fox diving into a bank of snow or monkeys bounding from tree to tree or birds soaring, but none of these parts of God's incredible creation are his crowning jewel. We are, you are, the crowning jewel of God's creation are men and women, are people. And so... If, there, if you're anything like me, there are times where you experience portions of self-doubt, times where you might not feel particularly important, times where you feel as though you're not particularly special. If you ever get caught up in that way of thinking, realize God made you, and you bear his image. But you're also dust. You're also a part of creation. You are what you sweep. You were formed out of the dust of the earth, and to dust you will return. There will come a day if the Lord tarries where you die, and you'll be put in the ground, and you will turn into the ground. Because physically speaking, that is what you are. And so if you're a person who is tempted in the direction of self-exaltation, and we're almost all tempted in the direction of self-exaltation from time to time, realize that you are dust, that you were formed and made out of dust, and to dust you will return. And conversely, if you're tempted by feelings of worthlessness or unimportance, and we're often tempted in that direction, realize you bear the image of God. You have the breath of God that gave your father, Adam, life. You're the crowning jewel of creation. You're part of the only race to bear the image of God. This is extraordinary. Both self-loathing or self-exaltation are excluded in this understanding of how God made us formed us out of the dust of the earth, and gave us his image. 
Here's a second one. Realizing what bearing the image means should destroy racism. There have been times throughout world history where some people have claimed the virtue of God and the image of God but wouldn't give it to others. They claimed that they had the image of God because of their skin color. And those who didn't have the same skin color were lesser. And that is absolutely ridiculous when you realize that God created humanity, all of it, with the capacity for righteousness and holiness, not just one skin color. And so realizing that you don't image God based upon any aspect of your appearance should destroy racism. This is something that has historically, at times, sometimes at the present, been missing within the United States of America. One of the sad realities about the United States is this, that there is a fundamental uh, profession of the belief in the creation of the image of God in the formation of the Declaration of Independence. In the Declaration of Independence, there were these important words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But this life and liberty and pursuit of happiness was withheld from Africans who came into the country in chains, and explicitly so in laws and in Supreme Court decisions. This declaration that all, you know, all people are created equal springs right out of Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, and yet the way that it was applied fundamentally missed the totality of that important truth. And so recovering a teaching on this doctrine of creation that you're made in the image of God should destroy, should destroy racism. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, Visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.